0: Okay, here we are on our, uh, our next uh, title of Jesus Christ. We're going through some of these uh, titles that refer to Jesus' name. And uh, so we're calling this little mini-series, uh, What a Wonderful Name. Last week, uh, right, we, were, we talked about um, the first title, Wonderful Counselor, right? How we need God's guidance and Jesus Christ, uh, through His Word, He helps us and guides us and directs us as we seek Him. And that's an important aspect of a believer's life, is just hearing God's voice through His Word, the Scriptures, and then responding to it. And so today we're going to be talking about the title, Mighty God. Mighty God. And uh, so let's let's pray here before we get into the Scriptures. Lord, we just uh, thank You so much. Just for the opportunity to gather together, thank you for the the varying uh, spiritual gifts that you've given to all your people here in this place and how we can minister to one another with those gifts when we're when we 're together and so Lord we just pray that that would be operating today before and after the service Lord we just pray that you would use um, your people to build your people up. And so, Lord, we uh, want to also pray for the people in our church that are sick and who are really struggling um, physically, mentally, emotionally. Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to just heal them and pray that you would touch their bodies, touch their minds, and, and uh, be to them what they need to be healed, God. And we just pray, Lord, that they would be encouraged just to, uh, if they're, if they're one of your sons or daughters, that they can have courage that you're with them as we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. And so uh, we experience that now through your Holy Spirit once we put our faith in Jesus. And so, Lord, we just want to lift up the people that are struggling right now. And, And also, Lord, we just want to pray, pray, Lord, that you'd help us. Give us ears to hear. Uh, Give us hearts that are soft towards you, soft towards one another, Lord, and we just uh, pray, God, that you would be glorified by the response that we have to your word today. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. In Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 is where we look at these titles that were given to Jesus. This is a prophetic word given to us through the prophet Isaiah about the Messiah who's to come. It says here, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase... Of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so, uh, these four Sundays in Advent, as we call it, the four Sundays that uh, bring us to Christmas, uh, we're focusing in on. The character of Jesus through the titles that are given to him. And there are many, many other titles, many other uh, names, if you will, that would be attributed to Jesus. I mean, in the New Testament alone, you know, he says, I am the door, right? I am the bread of life. I mean, you could just go uh, a lot on this, but we're looking at some of these ones, in the ones in Isaiah specifically. Now, um, as we look at this title, Mighty God. Now, the the in the Hebrew, right? In this language in which it was written, it's El Gibor. El Gibor is the the title, and and of course, El is um, God. And Mighty Gibor. This is a, a a word that really has associated with yeah, strength for sure, right? As in mighty, um, but also a lot of times this word is used in association with something military like a warrior a mighty warrior and so it's interesting to note that association it's not exclusively for that but it's interesting to note that um and uh and so Jesus is is given this um uh, this title i mean just imagine having someone who can fight your battles right And uh, we learn in in the book of Ephesians that, spiritually speaking, God has given us what we need to fight spiritually, and He has has given us weapons of warfare, spiritual warfare, to do that. But this title, Mighty God, tells us several things, and I want to kind of look at uh, three things really specifically. And one is this may seem obvious from the title, but you know the title "Mighty God" just tells us that Jesus Christ is God. If he's given the title "Mighty God, then he must be God and so um, and this is this is something it's very important for us to understand and to be solid on because anyone who gets this fact wrong I mean, who, who misses this and says Jesus is not God it is, is basically where all the cults have gone. Okay that's you know if you don't get Jesus right you're basically a cult right you you will you will not be um you know you're getting something major wrong it's not some little thing to say you know if someone were to say Jesus is not God now one of the things sometimes you hear people say and and, and if you've ever had a conversation along these lines with somebody about if you if you make the claim that Jesus is God and they they may say well he never said that. He never said I'm God. And then, uh, then you just need to pull out your Bible and you can, or just from memory if you have it there. Uh, and there are so many scriptures. I'm going to share a few with you today that uh, that pretty much, I mean, that state it right there. There's just, just how you can't. I don't know how you can argue with it unless you just change the words. Some people do. Some people have their own Bible and and change the Greek and. All of this, right, so that they can have the God that they want, basically, or the Jesus that they want. And so I want to take a look here uh, at Jesus claiming to be God, all right? Uh, so here in uh, John chapter 10, verses 30 to 33, this is Jesus speaking, and, and listen to what his words say. He says, I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Why do you suppose they did that? Because of what he just said, right? Okay, and then verse 32, Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, 'Uh, it is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. I mean, it seems pretty clear. Jesus, they're saying we're doing. We want to stone you because you're claiming to be God. I mean, I you know I just don't know how you get around that, but that's pretty clear. Jesus is claiming to be God, not only through the response, but because that what their worded response was that they're saying, "You being a man, make yourself God." All right. Well, then, so. Uh, look at John, also staying in John here. John chapter 20, verse 27 says, um, Now, this is uh, Thomas responding to Jesus uh, after the resurrection here. And then he says, Jesus, put your finger here, right? Because he didn't believe, he, he had a hard time believing that Jesus had risen from the dead. And uh, G, then he, so Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. It's like, there's holes there. There are wounds there,
1: right? There are wounds there. Do not disbelieve, but believe, right? And so then, um,
0: did I leave a verse over there? Oh yeah, verse 28, the most important one, okay? <laughs> the one that follows this, he says, Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. So in verse 28, I forgot to put it up there. My Lord and my God. And Jesus didn't follow up with, "Oh no, I'm not God," right? So it wasn't. I mean, and certainly if if he wasn't, he would have corrected him, right? So you know, Jesus is receiving worship, right? And and so this is another example here. Well, then in Hebrews chapter one. we'll move out of the Gospels into one of the letters here. It says, but of the Son, okay, speaking of Jesus, but of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of brightness is the scepter of your kingdom. Attributing this to Jesus. Again, we could just go on and on and on and go all kinds of scriptures uh, that really do show us that, um, you know, Jesus uh, is God. And now, uh, let me just, uh, the discipleship group I'm in, we just uh, are are studying the Trinity right now. And I wanted to just give you just a really, you know, the the fact that, uh, you know, there's one God in three persons, right? Um, and, And they're distinct, but one God and how you know that's very hard for us to understand, but scripturally that's what we would have to come to the conclusion on. Um, so let's talk about Jesus here, and I'm just taking this uh, from the material we're using. Jesus is the union of two natures, 100 um, percent human and 100 percent God. And Christ is one person whose distinct natures are neither mixed nor transformed, nor separable. In other words, now, so it seems strange to say that, but, you know, uh, the early church spent a lot of time on this, okay? They had councils and meetings to discuss the nature of Jesus Christ that is explained to us in the Scriptures. And so uh, this is a very simple way to say it, but I think it's a a good summary that, you know, the natures of Jesus are not mixed. It's not like, you know, you throw a human and a God together and you get a new entity that they're mixed together. That's not it. Uh, and, uh, and that uh, the, you know, he's not transformed. Those natures are not transformed. They're still, he's still fully human and fully God. They're, they're, nor are they separable. So this is just, you know, that, it's just an amazing thing. Um, but make no mistake, Jesus Christ claimed to be God and he is God and so we see this title mighty god just is another example that tells us Jesus is God now the thing is um if he's God how are you responding to him right are are you are you taking his words seriously are you are you looking into the scripture to see what does he say about himself and about how how he wants us um to relate to him and that he tells us that we have a need for a savior and that he is it. And and how are you responding to this fact? And this is an important thing. I mean, uh, Jesus Christ demands a response to who he is. And the right response is, um, well, basically fall on our faces, <laughs> if you want to get real, to, to say, you know, you are holy Lord, and I am not, and, and I need you, you know, to uh, forgive me. And that's certainly a start, right? But then, but then after we become believers, we put our faith in Christ, then, then we need to really see, you know, we want to live our lives in a way that pleases him. Not in a way that's, that we do it to try to earn his favor, but out of our love for him and because of who he is.
1: He is God. And really, people have used all kinds of analogies um, to
0: try to help us understand what this is like. You know, when you become a Christian, it, it, it's you're acknowledging your need for a Savior, that you're a sinner, and and that you, you realize that Christ is the Savior and so on, and that, as Charlie was just explaining there, uh, why Christ came, right? And so, but what we do is that, you know, prior to coming to Christ... We're presumably the God of our lives we're we're running things like we're God, we're calling our the shots in our lives like we're God and we're it and but when you become a christian right uh self is uh is to the side now, and Christ is at the center now I'm not saying that our flesh doesn't try to re rethrone ourselves and to try to um, want to do things our way, but we, we acknowledge that Christ's rightful place is at the center of our lives, in our decision-making, uh, in how we deal in our relationships. And so this is important to see, you know, it, it's, not, it's, it's not enough to know that Jesus is God. What are you doing with Him? How are you responding to Him? Are you treating Him as such in your life? Are you giving him the proper place? Is he enthroned upon your heart, as you might say?
1: And that's certainly what he wants and what we need. Now, looking at the title, uh, Mighty God, and
0: secondly here, that Jesus Christ is a mighty God. I mean, this sounds like, you know, kind of, okay, Greg, you're kind of, Master of the obvious here. We've talked about God. Now we're going to talk about mighty. Well, we're just keeping it simple because that's what we learned from this title. He is mighty. He is mighty. And and, and so there's really, I want, kind of have three sub points here, and I'll just give them to you real quick and then we'll unpack it. Under this heading of Jesus Christ is mighty God, we're going to talk about before his incarnation, he was mighty. While he was on earth, he displayed that he was mighty. And when he comes back, he'll display that he is mighty. So we're going to hit those three things, okay? So the first one here, let's take a look that Jesus is mighty God before the incarnation, before he actually, you know, came down as a baby, right? He existed before all time. And so, again, a lot of this, this comes right back to our discipleship, group that I'm in, as we we were working on a Scripture memory verse that just fits this perfectly. It's Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to add another verse to this, uh, the, one of the ones we memorized, but it's 15, 16, and 17. There's just so much packed into these three verses here about the nature of Jesus Christ, okay, the nature of Jesus Christ. It says, "'He is the image of the invisible God.'" right? The firstborn of all creation. That means first in priority, by the way. doesn't mean that he was a, a created being. And then uh, in verse 16, for by all by him all things were created. All things were created. Did you know that Jesus created all things? In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities All things were created through him and for him. This is astounding. Think about this. Jesus Christ created everything, and everything was created for him. In other words, he's the end of it all. He's the purpose for everything existing. Now think about that. You exist for him. This is amazing. I mean, again... um, I mean, you know, a lot of time people in their their college years and and then, then like in their midlife, they have a crisis too. Sometimes a crisis of purpose. Or when you're in your college years, you're trying to figure out what is life all about? And I remember asking some of those questions, and thankfully, God sent me some Christians, right, just to point me to Jesus, and seeing, you know, our purpose is found in Him because we're created by Him and for Him. And you, you want to live in the sweet spot of life? It's in Jesus, okay? You come into a relationship with Jesus, you put your faith in Him, right? And, and you live in that relationship
1: because that's where your purpose is. And then as you follow him, and he leads
0: you into the works that he has for you to do, there's nothing better than doing the works of the Lord as one of his sons or daughters. So, then it goes on to say, <clears throat> verse 17, so not only did he create all things, it says, and and he is before all things. This is where you, you just, if you didn't get it before, he's not a created being,
1: Okay. He's before all the things were created. But in him, all things hold together. All the laws of the universe, scientific
0: laws, whatever, you know, he he is behind all that.
1: He's holding it together. If he snapped his finger, it could all go away.
0: It could be made nothing because he holds it together. That's mighty, wouldn't you say? <laughs> that is mighty. He's mighty God. He created, as we learn in Genesis, out of nothing. You know, we create things. If You know, the, the word uh, these days is maker. If you're a maker, right, you're making out of things that are already there. Well, he went up to you. He made things out of things that were not there.
1: Created out of nothing spoke it into existence. This is amazing. think about um, it's an old an old praise
0: song. you know what a mighty God we serve. What a, I mean it's just amazing. this is just just to you know it's so easy. you know if you've been a Christian for a long time, you take these facts for granted, but we need to, we need to mull them over. We need to refresh our hearts in these things. And we can really use that word properly. Awesome. He's awesome. He really is. So all things, and he is, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So now let's bring this down on a personal level. You think if he holds the world together, do you think he could hold your life together? Think he could help you live your life in a way that's glorifying to him? You think he could help your marriage? Yes, for sure. If he can hold the world together, if he created it all out of nothing, if you've got Jesus at the center of your marriage, you can make it through anything. You can make it through the greatest trials if you've got the Lord there. I don't know how people do it that don't know the Lord. You know, you put two sinners together, throw them in a house, that's just dynamite right there. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, so it's just,
1: but the Lord with the Lord, right? So before... Before the incarnation, He was mighty God. Well, Jesus was mighty God
0: when He was here on earth. And we could spend hours on this one because you could go through miracle after miracle after miracle that He performed here that's recorded in the Gospels. Let's take a look here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 and 24.
1: I mean, mighty. He is mighty to heal. Nothing is beyond His healing power. So, and as you think about it,
0: uh, some of these instances, I'll just throw some of these out. I don't have the scriptures up here, but in Matthew 8, we have a, a leper came to worship Jesus and saying, if you will, can you make me clean? And Jesus healed the leper by
1: touching him and saying, I will, I will it, be clean. And Jesus did not refuse the worship of that (laughs) leper. Again, thinking on
0: that Jesus is God. On a stormy night at sea, Jesus appears walking on the water toward the disciples in the boat, right? Matthew 14, verses 22 to 31 here, where... Peter asked Jesus if he could come meet him out there on the water. Jesus answered, come. And Peter walked on the water until he began to be afraid. And as he was seeking, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus caught him and rebuked him for doubting. But, But Jesus has power over all the elements. And we just see it demonstrated time after time, healing the sick. Divine power was coming out of him. Think back to the woman with the issue of the blood who touched Jesus. He immediately
1: knew power went out from him to heal her. And so, now, Jesus raised people from the dead. I mean, that's, you know, you think about mighty. Healing's one thing. Raising them from the dead? Not only Lazarus, but Jairus' daughter raised from the dead in
0: Matthew 9. He also raised from the dead the son of the widow of Nain
1: in Luke 7. Just again, mighty God, healer, raiser of the dead.
0: Then I want you to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, just to go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. John chapter 10, verse 17 and
1: 18. And this is Jesus speaking. John 10, starting with verse 17, he
0: says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. What's he speaking of here? His sacrifice that he's going to make on the cross, right? And then the subsequent resurrection that he says that I might take it up again. Look at verse 18. No one takes it from me. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. In other words, nobody took his life.
1: He gave his life. Nobody took his life. He gave his life but
0: I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father. He offered himself up and he, and he has authority to raise himself up. I mean, I'd call that mighty. That's in the mighty category. I mean, it's just, again, you just look through the Gospels and you see all that Jesus did. It displays that He is God, but that He's mighty God through how He interacted with the people here on the earth at the time. Now, the last thing I want to mention here in this category that Jesus is mighty, is He's mighty God at His second coming. Christ is coming again. Christ is coming again. And... Uh, The Gospels tell us of this, and certainly the letters to the churches remind us that uh, there is a day coming when Christ is going to return, and certainly Revelation uh, lays that out for us as well. But I want to look at Matthew um, chapter 24, verses 29 and 30. It says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. There will be no mistake when Jesus comes back. It says he'll come back in
1: power. came as the suffering servant first, and has come back as the reigning king. Again, we could spend a
0: long time on this, but it's just showing the consistency all throughout, right? Prior to his incarnation, then after his incarnation, and then when he's coming back, he's mighty God.
1: He is the same, mighty. God. Now this last point here making it personal and
0: saying, you know, when I've mentioned some things that do make it personal, but I just want to spend a little more time on this. This might this mighty God, if you will, and is available to us. This might is available to us. What do I mean by that? Well, um Paul, in some of his writings, particularly thinking about to the Colossians and to Ephesians, because there's a lot of similarities between those two letters, I'll take a look at what he says in a prayer. This is in a prayer here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. I'm going to read 9 through 11. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. And then he goes on about what he's asking prayer for. He says, Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Doesn't that make sense? He you, you know, if we know the Lord's will, right? And as we come into that knowledge of His will, through studying the Scriptures, through the Holy Spirit's help in our lives, right? Then we will, so the, the whole purpose of that is that we might walk in a way that's, in a manner that's worthy, right, of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, part of the prayer here, he says, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might. We need... The mighty God, Jesus. We need His power in our lives to live the lives that He's called us to live. If we're going to live the lives that He calls us to live, if we're going to, you know, do the things He calls us to do, we can't do it of our own accord, and it have any real spiritual effect. So He says, "Being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance." In other words. You know, the the end of that is so that we might have endurance and patience with joy. Uh, If you need joy in your life today,
1: you need the power of Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, we need to lean in Him,
0: lean into Him. So His strength is available to us. His might is available in this way. As you see this Pauline prayer Put out there as he's praying for these believers, right? To have knowledge of God's will and to have power to do his will. It's not always easy to do
1: what God wants us to do. There are hard things that come along our path that we know we know what's right, but it's hard to do. So we need to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious
0: might. This is a prayer you should pray for yourself. This is a prayer you should pray for one another. Be strengthened with the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We need this. We can't manufacture this power. He gives it to us. You can't whoop it up to do what he wants to do. We have to receive it, right? Well, when you to receive something, you kind of have to be, uh, in a sense, you know, in a in a posture of reception, right? Um, so, sometimes it's more like this: I give up. <laughs> this is the universal sign for I give up. Okay, Lord, um,
1: I can't do it. I need you. I need your help. We so often depend on our own power. I understand. I do the same thing, things on my in my own strength,
0: without even acknowledging Him or seeking Him. But when we see that, we need to repent of that and turn to Him and say, "Lord, I need You." In Ephesians chapter one, we see something similar here, one sixteen to twenty. He says, "I do not cease to give thanks to You." Again, you, you see the prayers here starting, remembering You in my prayers this time praying for the church at Ephesus. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Very similar, right? Like, I want you to know God's will. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which you he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance of the saints? I mean, there's so much in that verse alone. All right, But he wants you to say, do you know what you've really got in Jesus? Do you understand all the benefits, if you will, of your inheritance? He's like, I pray that you will. I pray that the eyes of your heart will understand it. And that you would search my word to learn and mine it for the gold that is there. Verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Again, This is not something we manufacture, but it's something we receive from him. He's like, I I pray that you'll understand what is the immeasurable greatness of his
1: power that he has towards you. According to the working of his great... What did I do? His great might, sorry.
0: That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. you ever wonder where Jesus is, that's where he is right now. Okay, at the right hand of God,
1: the seat of power. He's still mighty. Still mighty God. Now, a couple things here. I, I don't have this
0: verse here, but I want to share this with you. Second Chronicles 16.9. Second Chronicles sixteen nine says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support, strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Isn't that interesting? God's looking for people to supply
1: the power. He wants to strongly support you as you follow him as you follow his will, whatever,
0: your relationships, your job, whatever it might be, wherever you find yourself, as you
1: follow his will, as you live out your life before a watching world, he wants to strongly support you with this power. So it should encourage us to seek him. Right? So we, if we realize that the
0: Lord is there waiting to supply us with the power, but so oftentimes I think he's waiting for us to look to him. Because again, we're, we're out
1: lone rangering it, uncoupled from, in a sense, his power.
0: We need strength to do his will. We totally need strength to do his will. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says
1: this. <clears throat> Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is
0: decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like our bodies, he was saying his body is
1: decaying, but yet his inner man was being renewed. I want some of that.
0: <laughs> you know, And, and it, we have it if we have Christ. That's the thing. Is he's like, you know, everything externally, including your body, might be going to a hell in a handbasket, so to speak. Okay? But it is possible
1: to walk in joy of the Lord and in His power. Paul says it. The Lord just loves to come alongside the believer who acknowledges their weakness. Okay? We acknowledge our ability to do things in the
0: way that He wants us to do them. And so... I love this verse too, 2 2, uh, 2 Timothy 4.17. Apostle Paul gives a little experience of that. He says, says, at my defense, you got to realize, right, 2 Timothy, right, last word we're going to hear from Paul before he's killed for his faith. He says, at my first defense, no one supported me. Everybody deserted me. Now, if that's not low, I don't know what is. You're on trial for your life, and nobody's going to stand up there with
1: you? Everybody that was, yeah, Paul, you preach it, brother, on Sunday morning, and nobody's standing up there now with him. Listen to the character of this man, and may it not be counted against him. you gotta be whole of the, you got to be full of the Holy Spirit to say that. Then he says, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me.
0: But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Isn't that amazing? So he's like, nobody was there, but the Lord was. And he gave me the strength
1: to endure. That's what we need, you guys. That's what we need. To live our lives for the Lord. Okay,
0: last verse, I promise, okay? Um, because the thing that, is, that we're thinking is like, okay, okay, it's available to us, right? Lean into the Lord, acknowledge our weakness. Here's just a little more of that. Galatians 3, 2-5. to Galatians 3, 2-5 to says, let me ask you this. Paul's, you know, setting them up here, the Galatians, because they were getting off he said do you did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith this is a quiz he's giving them a theological quiz you know in other words were did you receive the spirit of god was it by doing things for god or was it by
1: uniting what you were hearing about the gospel with faith are you so foolish
0: having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? does Now listen, verse 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you work miracles among you? Do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? He, he just keeps saying, listen, you got saved by hearing the word, and it was being united with faith and belief. He's like, that's how you live your Christian life, the same way. You hear the word of God, and you walk it out by faith. It needs to be united with faith. You
1: believe it, and you step out on it in your actions and in your own belief. He's like, that's how, you know, that's where the, this mighty Power
0: is, right, for living the Christian life, is the word of God united
1: with faith and action. It's like it's not by works of the law. Right?
0: So this is this is uh, we need to remember this, right? We have to see as we as we take in God's word and we discover his will, we bank our lives on it. By faith we believe it and live out our relationships the way it tells us to handle our finances the way it tells us to filter the things we hear and see according to what he says are the standard for
1: a Christ follower this is you know that's it, it's it's taking the promises of
0: God, the statements of God, the truths of God, and stepping out and uniting with faith. The only way that you know you have faith in it is if you're acting on it. That's where the rubber meets the road. And maybe we're not experiencing Christ as mighty God in our lives because we're just not believing
1: Him and what He says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for
0: revealing to us your Son Jesus as mighty
1: God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We can know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is God. And thank you that he supplies everything that we need to live out our
0: faith in Jesus. He gives us all the power we need. He, and through that, he supplies the strength. I just think about Paul standing
1: there alone. He was all alone, but he wasn't alone. You, Lord, were with him, and you supplied him with the strength. Thank you, Lord that we can walk in that strength too as we rely on you, Lord. We need your help, God. Help us to,
0: to see that you are mighty, God. Nothing is too difficult for you as we, as we rely on you and step
1: out on your truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.